Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone. Hello, and welcome to our continuing series on An Inspector Calls. Listening to these podcasts on a regular basis will ensure that you have the skills to pass your English examinations this summer. In this podcast, we will be looking at the key characters of the play and discussing how and why talking about characterization is so important. The exam boards expect you to have an understanding of the key characters and their motivations, as this is what aids to move the plot along. We love characters, and authors want us to feel emotions alongside them. Priestley uses particular words and phrases to direct the way we should be thinking about the characters. We should all feel emotional when we find out the true reason behind Eva's suicide. We also learn to hate characters. Mr. Burling is the villain of the play. In terms of revision, as you are reading Inspector Calls, it is preferable to take notes as you read. Look out for subtle hints like mood changes and personality insights. Try to build yourself up a bank of key quotations for each character. Let's start to look at the key characters in a little more detail. I want to start off with our mystery man, Inspector Ghoul. Although his name evokes the word ghoul, which means an evil spirit or phantom, he is deeply concerned by Eva Smith's suicide and the concept of society. He is, however, ghost-like in the sense that he doesn't officially exist. The inspector represents the voice of socialism. This is apparent first in his appearance. He wears plain and ordinary clothes, in contrast to the expensive suits worn by Mr. Burling and Gerald. He is described on his entrance as creating an impression of massiveness, solidity, and purposefulness. He is a man in his fifties, dressed in a plain, darkish suit. He speaks carefully, weightily, and has a disconcerting habit of looking hard at the person he addresses before actually speaking. That's right. He's quite a guiding force, isn't he? He works very systematically. He likes to deal with one person and one line of inquiry at a time. His method is to confront a suspect with a piece of information and then make them talk, or as Sheila puts it, he's giving us the rope so that we'll hang ourselves. Next up, we have Mr. Burling. Arthur Burling represents the bourgeoisie. The capitalist class that controls the wealth and means of production and is more concerned with material gain and conventional attitudes. He's a wealthy factory owner in his mid-fifties. He is overweight, overbearing, aggressive, arrogant, and sexist. He opposes socialism and represents capitalism. Topic as capitalism versus communism, as if any comparison. Mr. Burling represents the greed. Self-importance and stupidity of capitalism. It is symbolic that his first line, the opening line of the play, is a slightly patronising remark to his servant regarding the serving of port. Giving us the port, Edna. 
That's right. You ought to like this, Port Gerald. Following this, he somewhat awkwardly toasts his daughter and her fiancé. Tellingly, he is most excited not about his daughter's happiness, but about the possibility of his and Gerald's father's company merging and working towards lower costs and higher prices. His wife is a cold, dull and unsympathetic woman who represents the female upper class. More than any other character, she is determined that she is blameless in Eva Smith's suicide. She also claims that she was the only one who wasn't intimidated by the inspector, though in reality she, like everyone else, gave him the information that he was seeking. Mrs Burling is prudish and old-fashioned. For example, in Act One, she expresses shock that Sheila knows the word squiffy, an informal word for drunk. Although she is a member of a women's charity, she is not a strong believer in women's rights. When Sheila complains about Gerald being away so much the previous summer, Mrs. Burling tells her daughter that it is something she will have to get used to, and this makes her a big hypocrite. Her daughter, however, is quite different. Unlike her parents and fiancé, she expresses deep regret for Eva Smith's suicide and her role in it. Sheila is sympathetic to the ideals of socialism. She thinks it was wrong of her father to sack Eva for trying to obtain higher wages, and she expresses horror that poor women, like Eva, are seen simply as cheap labour and not as people. Sheila also displays a free-thinking spiritedness that is characteristic of the suffragette women's rights movements of that period. Moving on to her brother, Eric shows the same level of regret and sympathy towards Eva Smith as Sheila does. Though what he did to her was much worse and of much greater consequence. When he discovers that his mother turned Eva away and drove her to suicide, he becomes almost mad with rage, saying, You killed her, and the child she'd have had too, my child, your own grandchild. This shows that despite his initial brutishness towards Eva, he does have a tender and paternal side. It doesn't alter the fact that we all helped to kill her. But is it a fact? Of course it is! Between us, we drove that girl to commit suicide, did we? You can see then that Priestley has created a divide amongst the ages, with the younger generation more willing to accept different ideals. Other characters include Gerald Croft, who represents the aristocracy, the highest class of society, comprised of rich landowners and people who inherit their wealth from their parents. His father, Sir George Croft, owns Crofts Limited, and his mother is called Lady Croft, which indicates that she holds a peerage. Finally, we have Eva Smith. The name Eva Smith is symbolic. Eva is close to Eve, the name of Adam's wife in the Garden of Eden. With her various stories of bad luck and betrayal, Eva is a lot like Eve. The surname Smith is the most common in the English language. Priestley chose it to show that, as the inspector says, there are millions of men and women just like Eva. Thanks for listening to this AudioPie podcast on character. Keep on listening and making notes on the useful quotations that you find in the play to explain the key characters. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed the episode. 
Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.